Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. In this month's UK Roundtable, we discuss the UK spring budget and whether it goes far enough for individuals and businesses as inflation continues to rise. With Phil Attreed, Head of Wealth Specialists, Emma Hosking-Williams, Associate Partner in Ernst & Young's Private Capital Tax Team, Michael Hartig, Head of Specialist Teams Business Banking, and Olivia Gleeson, UK Government Relations Expert. The information in this podcast provides a general outline of the subjects covered in the 2022 Spring Statement and should not be regarded as financial advice. Accordingly, EY accepts no responsibility for loss arising from any action taken or not taken by anyone using information from this podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of Word on the Street. I'm Phil Attreed, Barclays Head of Wealth Specialists, and this week I'm excited once again to be hosting one of our regular UK roundtable discussions. And it's a very timely one as it coincides with the UK Spring Statement, or mini-budget as it's often referred to. So welcome back to Emma, Michael and Olivia. So to start off the discussion, Emma, uh, could you maybe give a high-level overview of yesterday's statement? Thank you, Phil. Well, the Chancellor's Spring Statement contained promises of delivering a stronger, more secure economy for the United Kingdom. The Chancellor reaffirmed his overarching ambition to lower taxes, while stressing that it must be done in a responsible, sustainable way. The Chancellor published his new tax plan, setting out proposals to reduce and reform taxes, and he reiterated his three priorities in relation to growth, people, capital and ideas, and how the tax system can be used to support further investment in these areas. As expected, there were measures to deal with the immediate cost of living pressures, including an immediate one-year cut in fuel duty and a rise in the National Insurance Contribution starting threshold from 6 July 2022. The Chancellor also announced that he will set out plans for reform of the business tax system in the autumn budget. Great. And, you know, so our listeners will have been particularly interested, I think, as to the impact on personal taxation, uh, particularly given the tightening of belts that we've all been enduring in the early parts of 2022. Absolutely. Well, the Chancellor did announce that the national insurance primary threshold and lower profits limit will increase by £3,000 to £12,570 from the 6th of July 2022. So aligning them with the income tax personal allowance. The 1.25% increase in the national insurance contributions rate, which will be replaced by the health and social care levy from April 2023, will come in as planned. From April 2022, self-employed individuals will not pay Class 2 national insurance contributions on profits between the small profits threshold and the lower profits limit. And the employment allowance will increase from £4,000 to £5,000 from April 2022 for eligible businesses. So, Michael, maybe bringing you in here, what was your take on the changes to national insurance yesterday? I suppose from a business perspective, your area of expertise, how will this have been perceived? Yeah, Phil, on the basis, I think it's worthwhile pointing out, obviously, and uh, on the basis, and certainly Emma's touched on it, there wasn't a lot for business in the spring statement. This is very much focused on the individual. On the basis, the, the feedback from the business community has certainly been very positive in terms of the simplification of the of the national insurance contribution. But to be clear, the, the changes that were made in terms of lifting allowance actually benefit only a very small number of businesses. And I guess the 
I suppose the I so the benefit would be in terms of the simplification of, of the national insurance is it just takes away some of the pressure that the employees actually might be feeling in the short term, given the sort of rest of the wide economic backdrop. Quite. And I mean, Emma, the Chancellor wasn't just finished there, though, when it came to personal taxes. No, he wasn't. So the Chancellor did also announce that the income tax basic rate will reduce from 20% to 19% in England, Wales and Northern Ireland from 2024, subject to the Chancellor's fiscal principles being met. The change will be implemented in a future finance bill and a three-year transition period for gift aid relief will apply in order to maintain the income tax basic rate relief at 20% until April 2027. Now, the reduction in the basic rate for non-savings, non-dividend income will not apply for Scottish taxpayers because the power to set these rates is devolved to the Scottish government. So instead, the Scottish government will receive additional funding to use as they choose to. You mentioned earlier on there was obviously a keen focus on how the Chancellor would respond to the rising cost of all things energy related, with there seeming to be very little let up um, to the challenges that we're obviously facing regarding global energy supplies uh, more broadly. That's right. So we saw fuel duty on petrol and diesel has been cut by 5% per litre from 6pm on the 23rd of March 2022. And this reduction will last for 12 months, so until March 2023. The Chancellor also announced the introduction of a time-limited zero rate of VAT for the installation of certain types of energy-saving materials for installations in residential accommodation in Great Britain. And the zero rate will be available from April 2022 for a period of five years, and if not extended, will then revert to the 5% reduced rate of VAT. Okay, and Olivia, maybe bringing you in here, whilst the focus was very much on fuel duty yesterday, we did notice that measures on other rising energy prices that have obviously been the centre of much attention this year were omitted. So do you have any insights on that? Sure. So I think I always, you know, caution when we have something like a spring statement, it's never going to be a full budget, you know, perhaps a mini statement, so to speak. I think, you know, someone once described it to me, and I thought this is quite apt, is, you know, we should never expect the Chancellor to sort of pull a rabbit out of the hat on such occasions and announce sort of a large a large measure on something like energy prices. But, you know, a few little bunnies, perhaps, and I think Emma just referred to one of those with the fuel duty cut. But I think, you know, you are right to sort of pick up on the omission on anything on rising energy prices. And I think that was quite deliberate. Of course, you know, the Chancellor did just recently announce that £9 billion package in February, but he chose not to act now uh, further at this spring statement because I think it's a bit of a waiting game. He knows that Ofgem are going to rise, the price rise is going to happen again in early autumn, potentially even sooner. And I think he wants to reserve, you know, some of his firepower for when the true hit of the energy prices is known. He's always been a very you know, prudent chancellor, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, even if it leaves him pretty exposed. In the meantime, you've seen some of the headlines and media reporting today, which are a pretty tough read, but it's an extremely volatile situation. And I think he is probably just going to wait and see before he acts. And if the price cap, you know, goes anywhere near what uh, some of the reporting is suggesting that it might, I think, you know, both the scale and the nature of the next package of support is going to look uh, pretty significant. So we'll have to sort of wait and see. 
Quite understandable. Um, and Michael, maybe just bringing in here, you know, will that um, sort of adjustment in the fuel levy have delivered any relief for businesses? So I suppose just in terms of the backdrop, we need to consider the fact that businesses actually don't benefit from the energy cap. So um, at the moment, business uh, business energy costs are going up and and there and there is no cap. So right. there's, there is that backdrop that businesses are experiencing. So, so anything in terms of the fuel allowance is going to help. And so that was a sort of welcome Small bunny, as Olivia says, um, but there's clearly, obviously, the bigger challenge that the the core energy costs are still are still spiraling for those businesses out there. Absolutely, and Olivia, to to what extent, you know, will the measures that have been announced appease some of the pressure on government to intervene on the cost of living challenge? I mean, as I think you just alluded to, newspapers seem to have rounded on Sunak for not doing enough to support people on the lowest incomes. And of course, there there also remains one eye on the sort of levelling up agenda, uh, as you've referenced in podcasts in times gone by, as the next election we know looms on the horizon. And all of this whilst, you know, the challenge of offsetting rampant inflation uh, fueled by the war in Ukraine, unfortunately, was surely an impossible feat yesterday. You know, you've given me uh, quite a lot to uh, unpick there. But, you know, I think you're right to sort of probe, as the papers did this morning, you know, did he get the politics right yesterday? I, I spoke about sort of him being a cautious chancellor and he definitely decided to, you know, continue to bank some further economic cushioning. There's more uncertain times ahead. But I think for a lot of MPs waking up in their constituencies this morning, the question they will all be getting from their consumers will be around, you know, the lack of measures directly to tackle those rising food bills, those energy costs and other cost of living issues. And I think the consumers that are being battered around by those issues are thinking right now in the present time about how they're going to get through such turbulent economics times. And I think they'll all be thinking, you know, why didn't we get more now? And I think, unfortunately, the prospect of a tax cut, the income tax cut that uh, Emma mentioned two years out, may do very little to ease that pain. It's sort of the conundrum of promising jam tomorrow, but little today, I think, is certainly hit a nerve for many consumers uh, right up and down the country. But I think I'd say, I think we will see more here at some point. It's just a question of, you know, what and when. I think the Chancellor will be acutely aware of the link into levelling up here. Unfortunately, the same consumers that are impacted by historic spatial injustices are those same disproportionately affected by the cost of living crisis here. And what the government really wants to avoid is the cost of living crisis potentially leveling down parts of the country Mm -hmm. again. So I definitely think there's a political imperative to act there. And if you think about the 2024 election, or it could be 2023, 2024, you know, the Chancellor will know that if the last election was potentially defined by Brexit, I think the government's handling of the cost of living crisis in the coming months and years could very, you know, very easily define the next. So I think he knows he'll have to do a lot more you know, whether it's come autumn at the full budget or at a different point to really make a mark here. And Michael, turning to the business agenda, I know you mentioned earlier on, it felt a little lighter than some other budgets and mini budgets uh, of the past. But there was a little in there around reliefs and consultation ahead of the main autumn budget. Absolutely. As both as both Olivia and Emma have indicated, obviously, this was the spring statement. So it was very light in, in terms of in terms of much um, of the business sector. There, there was obviously there was no talk about headlines like corporation tax um, and 
and also in terms of actually the support and relief that might be available in due course for the fuel costs. But I guess the one glimmer of hope was just this debate around the support for investment. We know in the past we've talked on these conversations with Will just in terms of the UK productivity gap and we and we don't invest enough and, and there's not enough research and development. So the Chancellor certainly put it out there that he's going to do some consultation to how he can use the tax system to try and drive some of that investment that's much needed. And I think that's certainly something the business community would be watching with, with some interest. Hopefully more for you to talk about when we have you back on later on in the year. Olivia, there was talk ahead of this about whether or not the Chancellor would prove his low tax credentials. Do you think maybe he's done enough to persuade his critics this time around? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question. And I think we forget with the things like the spring statement and the budget, you know, the Chancellor, like any politician, you know, has two audiences. You've got the public on the one hand, but you've also got the party on the other. And, you know, as we all know, the Conservative Party have been agitating for quite a while for the government to sort of prove their low tax credentials. I think the tax burden is potentially at the highest it's been in about 50 years, which fundamentally feels very unconservative to a lot of uh, Tory backbenchers. So that explains why we saw that income tax cut. You know, he needed to show there was light at the end of the tunnel to his backbenchers. And I think he'll be hopeful that that move has sort of boosted his ambition to be a tax uh, cutting chancellor, at least in the eyes of the right. But I don't think he's sort of finished that battle yet and will probably need to do more to fully persuade his critics, as you suggest. Okay. And then finally, as we look ahead to the autumn statement, um, anything that we should maybe have in mind, Emma, maybe one for you? Well, the tax plan did note that the government will continue to consider reform to tax reliefs and allowances more generally ahead of 2024. So perhaps there's something there to look out for in the in the upcoming autumn. Great. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Olivia and Michael for sharing your thoughts today. Also to our listeners for joining us, we'll be back with another edition for you next week. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation. All tax rules can change in future and their effects depend on your individual circumstances, which can also change. We don't offer personal tax advice. You should obtain this independently if you are unsure. Investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.